Hello, and welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast, Season 5. I don't know what episode. I've got no idea. My name's Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Vaughn. I'm Trevor Lindy. Rookie, what what episode are we on? Are we like six or no? No, we can't be six. I Nine, think you'll put it in 12, the chat. Something. You'll put eight. eight oh my eight. God. Okay, that's good. For season five, episode eight. So how's it going, boys? Tired. It's going. Why yes, are you tired, we Collins? We got uh, heavy machinery at our house every morning at 7 a.m. Okay. Every morning. You're not up by seven? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm uh, getting back to my run then. I just, I gotta, got, oh, I yeah. Get, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Look at that shock, Jeff. I know. Yeah, it's, it's nice and echoey. You can hear it. Sounds like, <laughs> well, when you get furniture in there, it'll absorb some of the sound. It, and it, has furniture. Look at this. It's Look already this. finished. Conference table. Here's my my full. I'm not fucking around. No. Oh, I just uh, cool. haven't cleared off my my desk, so I had to turn it around. Okay. That's serious business. Uh, but, but we are officially in our house. That's why I got the podcast. The left-handed. Oh, cheers. Good on you, brother. Two weeks of nonstop moving with a minivan. Woo! <laughs> nice. That's your problem. Uh, okay. why didn't, why didn't and, and today, today, I want to give a shout out to my son, Ryder Collins. It, Brandon made him famous for bitching about all his followers on uh, Twitter. Yeah, one billion followers one, he's got now. One hundred thirty-six thousand. Um, How much? Thirty-six thousand, but he's thirteen today. That's insane. Happy oh, birthday, Ryder! Right. Happy birthday, Ryder! Teenager. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been a tweenager for a while, and uh, he's a good kid, though. So we're now taking, he started cutting the lawn today, right? We don't have a lawn, have so lawn he yet. loves it. So um, we're taking him to uh, what is it, the Falls View, with uh, six of his buddies from his ball team. We're gonna go hit the water slides today indoors. Nice. <laughs> is that that yeah. ass kid of yours that dunked me in the tank? Yes, it is. <laughs> he, he loves wants to do that's all he wanted to do again today he pushed you in the canal <laughs> well is that, was, is, it, is that for the wise kids you mean yeah yeah that was wise kids a couple of years ago yeah, yeah i remember that, that was, that that was like three or four years ago i think because well yeah it's it's at least yeah at least three years ago yeah it was, years count, so. it was 2019 Brand, you want to give a shout out to Wise Kids events at all? Or Yeah. So for our listeners and our watchers, uh, you know, the four of us are fairly tied to a local Niagara charity in, in uh, Ontario. Well, it's Trevor says, Wise Guys. I mean, I, I, I no, you donate. You just, uh, you just bring a checkbook. You bring yeah. the checkbook and that's all that really matters. Let's be honest. It's yeah. good. You donate. I donate, I donate Blue Mountain every year. Yes. Yep, you do. And, you and do. Trevor oh. reneged on the uh, the RV dump situation. I did. Which Bailed did. out. Bitched right out. Didn't want to. There you go. Nope. Said no it's thank you to charity. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Right? Collins, like, that is such a. It's, he's you know, so it's. Absorbed. Oh, you know no. I mean? Poo poo. Oh, no. I know. Everybody, everybody shits. What's his Let's personal reference above charity? charity. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, uh, so, the four of us, hours, eh? <laughs> so the four of us are uh, big into it. So there's three divisions of the charity. There's the men's only golf tournament. There's the women's only golf tournament, which was held just this past Monday, a full, a full flight. Yeah. 144 women golfed at St. Catherine's golf and country club, private golf course. Um, and, uh, it was a great day and there's wise kids. Um, 
and that and we also have a roast happening at the end of September, um, which is more like a Don Rickles roast. So it's not like your Comedy Central roast. So it's a little bit more. It's I would say we I don't know Collins we go Collins not Lindy but it's, the it's not PG. Royal Page yeah, but it's not X-rated. It's not like Comedy Central, right? Like Marty Spence gonna get roasted this year. Sally McGar- yeah, Marty Spence, good. Sally McGard, yeah. the the lady, the lady pioneers in the in the Niagara region, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Brandon comes really down to hard for that. He's got to get props. Uh, Brad's actually in India right now, uh, raising money for Habitat for or for women's really? shelter right now. There, he's doing a um, a big uh, motorcycle tour. Oh wow! There are oh, over a yeah. hundred thousand dollars they've raised so far. Oh, is awesome. it like a thirteen oh, country thing or something like that? Or I think they're just doing India this year. Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I just ride a, a moped, so me joining that tour would be a little bit creepy. <laughs> These guys are all driving cruisers and stuff. And I almost died on a moped. So what's that? Those e-bikes? Oh yeah, those little uh, dumb and dumber bikes. <laughs> they're killer. Um, Shout out to Brandon because he works really hard on the ropes, not Brad. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Bondo. I didn't. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but you guys also all buy tables and attend, so it's all good. Hey, you know, it's all good. I uh, appreciate it. No, you put uh, it. Uh, hey, there's a, I, you know, in the essence of time, because we do have pretty much a hard stop today, because we all have just because as everyone's probably watching and listening, uh, everybody is probably drinking through a fire hose right now, trying to get you know everything up and running. I think Trevor's on. Uh, camping detail 900 this summer already. Have you worked this summer, Trev? <laughs> no, weekends. not at all. No, weekends. no you haven't. I, uh, I no. just, I just wanted to ask. No, I just um, I pack it in. Yeah. I'm done today. <laughs> 12 o'clock. Over. Uh, <laughs> no, um, uh, so anyway, but Trev, I want to start off with this. The first, this is going to, it's going to, it, we're going to go into incorrect mortgage advice, but we will not name the financial institution because well, one, I just don't want to get sued. And two, um, even though, even though our lawyer friend, uh, Rob would, would totally back us. Right. But, uh, it is an article that was, that we read all four of us and that, uh, Trevor, I'm sure you get, and this is going to uh, lay layer into the bear trust which will loop in Bondo nicely and 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 Collins. Uh, you can uh, pipe in here with regards to the article. The article uh, was in the Daily Hive, uh, which is it pulls from different areas. But anyway, um, the long and short of it is um, one of the big fives uh, clients were shopping back in February of 2022. Uh, walked into our, were trying to they were trying to do they did not deal with a mortgage broker. They, they went, they went around, the pardon me? They went direct to the FI. That, that's right. They went direct to the financial institution. Thank you, Trev. And um, they tried to do different financial to- institutions themselves. And then um, they were they settled on this one particular financial institution because of advice that they were given that um, their variable rate that they were uh, applying for for their mortgage uh, back in February 2022, because they, there was rumors of interest rate increases um, and that they had a capped variable rate mortgage versus an adjustable variable rate mortgage. This inaccurate information, uh, complete misunderstanding by the bank teller, essentially the advisor at the bank, um, they didn't know what they were talking about. And it resulted in now after... I don't know how many interest rate increases by the Bank of Canada, a $400 increase to these particular clients' 
uh, mortgage payments every month and there's nothing that they can do about it because their lawyer who closed the file told them this is not a capped variable rate mortgage. This is an adjustable. They called the bank and the bank said, no, 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 no. This advisor's like, no, 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 you're good. Don't worry about it. I'm confident. Trev, can you just tell, um, I want, I want Trevor and then I want uh, Bondo's opinion on this, please. Um, because I think the lawyer did do the best in their ability, but, uh, the difference between first a capped and an adjustable variable rate mortgage. Yeah. So essentially the, the capped rate mortgage or the cap variable is very much like a true variable rate mortgage. So we've talked about it on other episodes in the past, the difference between variable and adjustable. So variable rate, your payment is going to be static. It will not change. If it's a thousand bucks a week, it's going to remain at a thousand dollars a week. If the interest rate moves within the uh, product because you're in a variable, all that's going to happen is the amount that goes towards principal versus interest uh, will vary. Um, and then there's going to be a couple of uh, um, uh, basically target rates and what have you, uh, which the article discusses just about hitting like a certain threshold within the payment before it's going to require you to have your payment adjusted. Otherwise, it's going to add to the tail end of your mortgage. It's going to start extending the amortization. So essentially, you know, a 25 year amortization, you're, you exceed that threshold, you don't change your payment, uh, you pay for five years, and all of a sudden you find out five years from now when it's up for renewal that you have another 25 years still to pay for it. Um, so that static payment, again, is a true, uh, that's what makes it a variable rate. An adjustable rate oh, mortgage, oh, which a lot of lenders, what's that? The, the Coles notes on that though for the for the variable or your yep. payment stays the same, but essentially the amount that gets allocated to interest versus principal at the end of the day is what changes, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It'll fluctuate along the way. Um, so the adjustable rate mortgage, on the other hand, as the Bank of Canada moves, the payment will change. So for simplicity's sake, you're looking at about $13 per 100000 that you have borrowed um, in a payment change anytime the Bank of Canada moves by a quarter point, right? So we've already had two and a quarter point, 2.25% uh, rate increase uh, in 2022 already. Uh, and we have our next meeting coming up on September 7th. So who knows what's really going to happen there. Um so that's the the interesting dynamic that a lot of people don't realize where we've got variable and adjustable and they were dealing with, in fairness, they were dealing with a mobile mortgage specialist or uh, a, um, a home financing advisor, uh, a mortgage development manager, the, the fancy terms that the banks and lenders, or banks and credit unions essentially give to their mortgage professionals. Problem is, at the end of the day, uh, that article reads that the sales manager was involved in the transaction and basically just threw their hands up and said, you know what, too bad, so sad, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, and, you know, the scary reality is that the, the government, um, 
you know, uh, consumer protection, uh, financial consumer agency of Canada, I should say, uh, is really there to protect consumers. Uh, obviously there's different channels you can go through. Um, but you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the article was actually, you know, difficult to read in respect to the accountability piece, right? As a licensed mortgage agent in the province of Ontario, the process, the, the compliance, uh, the disclosure, the level of care, essentially, that I have to go through with my clients to have them fully understand what they're actually getting themselves into. And unfortunately, the banks don't have that or the credit unions. There, there is no accountability. It comes down to the institution themselves. So essentially, if I screw up as a broker, and doesn't matter, pick a T bank, we'll say. Um, I'm doing a deal for TD. I screw up the transaction. At the end of the day, it is TD is going to tell that client, deal with me. Go to the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario. Um, that's, that's the avenue that they'll do. Whereas when it's in-house, they've got the Office of the President, the Ombudsman, different, uh, different bodies to kind of go through. But they, I guess the best way to put it is they do a better job protecting their employees than they would a broker because obviously it's an employee versus a, uh, an independent contractor. And yeah, these clients were put into uh, a, a really, really bad position. Now, in this case, did, did the borrower have any emails or anything or is it just verbal when they got all this confirmation that it would be working? And then they went My back understanding is there was infor like information exchanged via email. And like it still didn't protect them? No, because it or was just vague. It was vague information. It doesn't even, the way the article reads is it wasn't even that it was vague information. It was that this is the product you got. You went to the lawyer, you signed the documents. Yeah. Sorry. Now so you're, you're on the hook. Yeah. Now, see, my, my concern in the situation and reading the article is what if, what if the clients are and they're just upset now because they have interest rates. Nobody's happy that Prime's gone to where it has. And sure. I'll give you a tangible example. My colleague and partner has a line of credit uh, where he's paying interest only on it. The payment four months ago was literally half yes. of the payment that he's paying now. Well, I got an example too with private well, lending. You, you and John are setting us up for a private mortgage right now on, a, on some townhouses me and my partner are building. Two months ago, we agreed to 8% private lending. And I said, look, to expedite it, I'll have John and Josh do the paperwork, the mortgage commitment. They did it all. Give it to the other lawyer. The other lawyer said he was too busy, too busy, too busy. I'll get to it. No problem. Which we is very interesting because the lender that you normally drafts the commitment, right? Because it's exactly it's so. I knew interest rates are going up, and so I tried to expedite it so we could lock in the eight percent that was agreed to. We got the paperwork last week; they went to ten. They said we got to pass it on, and so we've kind of fought back and said this is bullshit. We were ready to sign two months ago. Our lawyers prepared everything. You guys slacked off. They're like, well, "There's nothing we can do. We got to pass on the money." So I'm trying to get a, a you know, a. a, a a compromise at nine percent right now, no response at all. So I don't know what's going on. So I guess uh but you 2 know two percent of a million dollars, one point five, like two percent of that. Yep. 
No, sorry, so like, sorry about that. There you go. Oh, great. Oh, wait, we just got... Oh, hey, Melissa, how's it going? Thanks for watching us live. You found us. Um, so, so Trev, I agree yes. with you. This this article was very uh, difficult to um, to read because it was the I don't effing care. I basically, you know, I, I get this all the time on, on the financial institution size with the investments. The amount of people that come through my door... Um, you know, that say things like, why would I use a tax-free savings account when I can only get a GIC or, you know, why, why, you know, I had a, literally a call two hours ago with a client, um, basically about the home buyer's plan. Right. And, you know, walking him through that and he didn't know that he had to pay the $35,000 back. He didn't know he had to, uh, that was ammed over 15 years. He didn't know that initially it was interest-free and all this type of stuff. And, but he, he, tr he dealt with the bank, you know, he didn't deal with a mortgage broker. He hasn't, he, he does his own taxes. So he doesn't deal with an accountant, you know, you know, and this is where, you know, people think that they know the ins and outs. And the fact of the matter is, this is why you deal with professionals, but, um, it is a huge frustration and I could, I can very much appreciate, uh, how you Trev and, and especially Bondo, especially hearing that the lawyer did the right thing. They, they said, Hey, this is not, it, like, why would you listen to a mortgage, a, a mobile mortgage specialist than a lawyer who's reviewing the documents? Honestly, a lot of it comes down to trust, right? Like if they've got the trust with that mortgage professional and they've only been introduced to the lawyer through the transaction, whether it be the, the real estate agent or the mortgage professional, I understand that there's a, a level of trust that goes on with that referral. We, we discuss this all the time amongst the four of us and how we work together. But that that's the only thing I can think of is that they, they had that level of trust with the mortgage professional and just chose to ignore what the lawyer is saying. But again, Bondo's point is it where they bother now that they're in this position, are they making a stink about it? Um, it's unfortunate. It would have been great if the financial institution had actually replied to the request for comment. Uh, you know, like any company, they're protecting their their butts. Uh, the lawyer, excuse me, not the lawyer, their uh, PR department essentially did respond saying that we can't discuss the individual's personal matter. Um you know, and, and at the end of the day, we're never going to find out what happened, right? This will be buried. Mm. Um, you know, it, it'll be uh, an NDA, non-disclosure agreement that gets signed or something if it gets rectified. Um, even if it doesn't get rectified, it's just going to, it's going to fall into yesterday's news because something well, new is going to come along. Clickbait. It's clickbait right now, right? Because it's the, the flavor of the moment. You know, people are paying more. That's bottom line. It's like, oh my God, am, you know, it, it happened. But the here, so Trev, if, if, if I'm, uh, you know, forget about us that are on the call right now. Uh, and, but if you, one of our listeners, like, you know, or, or people who are watching us right now, how would they know the difference? Because obviously Bondo, he, he, he'd get, he'd get the, the, the deal to close and he's reading it. He knows the verbiage. He understands he's reading the entire contract from front. From, Sometimes from, from it's front not even in there though. Uh, well, that's my point. So yep. how usually what I'll do in those circumstances as a lawyer is see 
it's usually always characterized as a variable rate on our end. Uh, but I'll regardless, always... right, Bondo? Sorry to cut you off there, but regardless whether it's a variable or adjustable in right. the paperwork you get, it 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 identifies it as a variable rate. Correct. So what I counsel the clients is to go back to the brokerage to confirm what the nature of their payment is, right? And I always make mention that there's a possibility that this payment can go up with ver a variable rate depending on the type of mo a variable mortgage that you have, right? So, and it's not a passing the buck, it's they're the ones that negotiate that product, right? So I want them to speak. I would I would refer them back to Trevor, say, listen, you know what? Give Trev a call and just get the confirmation from the horse's mouth. Yes. So Trev, if I'm going, like if I'm window shopping, which we do not advise anybody. Uh, oh, <laughs> we got, we thanks got some, ladies. Uh, oh, we got going else. Yeah, she's, Stone, she's, Stone she's Sea Witch. Keep them coming. I don't want to call, I don't want to call her Stone Sea Witch. I mean, like, but that's, that's her name, literally. Um, it's 420 somewhere. To, Hey, four twenty somewhere, Thank and you. yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for um. No, it's four fifty. It's four fifty seven. Oh, great! So needed money help for years. Well, you came to the right podcast. Uh, now, okay, so Trev, so yeah, okay, so we're there. They are like they're these. There's some people just don't know, right? And and they're confused, and they've got maybe their parents breathing in their ear, going, "Well, when I went and got a mortgage, <laughs> all I did was go to the bank, and I went and talked, right?" So. How can I can appreciate that and 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 you know I, I've I've shopped around for a mortgage I've built a home I know how confusing it is in the very beginning like it's it's a whirlwind, um, but what what are some key pieces when I'm when I'm looking at uh when I'm looking at uh, at the product of variable rate that I know that it's a capped or that it's a it's an adjustable. We love confusing. And we love Dean's groupies. Dean's groupies are amazing. Thank you so much. So we, who are who are we kidding? We're groupies of Dean, so it doesn't really matter. So we have huge man crushes. It's fine. He knows us too. Doesn't matter. Um, All of our wives don't care. It is what it is. Curry's got a tattoo of him. Yeah. Do not. Yeah. Just like yeah. on his ass. <laughs> it's like Stevo has of himself. Right. Yeah, right. Stevo's exactly. got the tattoo of himself on his back. Brandon's got a tattoo of Dean on his back. Yeah, nah. <laughs> but I love, I love him to pieces, though. Let me tell you, he's he's freaking phenomenal. Um, Trev, sorry, sorry yeah. to cut you off. I uh, so the institution in question um, that is responsible for this mortgage, their commitment does their commitment when you're doing a regular variable rate, which is an adjustable rate does identify itself as a variable on the commitment. However, when you do a capped variable rate, the commitment, when you go under the, uh, the terms and conditions of the mortgage product itself, it identifies it as a capped rate and it has the two different rates essentially because what they do is they set the payment rate higher than what the actual contractual rate is because the contractual rate, as we discussed, floats with variable. So that institution, again, it's, it's right in the commitment, but other than that, it's pretty hard, right? Because the commitments from like, you know, uh, commitment from first national, uh, largest monoline lender in the country, 
indicates that it's an adjustable rate mortgage. Uh, RMG MCAP group of companies, their commitment indicates that it is a variable rate mortgage, but it's an adjustable rate mortgage. So dealing with a professional uh, that knows their product, right? They can, they can speak to it. You know, you're thrown to the wolves in this business, right? Like you're out there to get a sale. And the only thing that I can think of is the banks like to, the banks try and recruit brokers all the time, right? They, they see a broker as a, uh, a potential target to get them to come over and deal with them and, and, and become an employee of that institution. And it's, they're not very successful, I guess is the best way to put it, but trying to get, you know, somebody like an RBC mortgage specialist to go to Scotiabank, uh, or, uh, CIBC trying to recruit, uh, a Scotiabank employee, uh, to go over there. There's a lot of that that happens. And unfortunately, when you're working for that institution, you just, you know, that institution's product, right? And then you get, you get over to that new institution and you're thinking, well, I know mortgages. I've been doing this for 15 years, so it's all good. Right. And then you have an instance like this that comes up and I bet you that mortgage specialist, uh, is never going to make that mistake again. Uh, you learn yeah, well, yeah, but learn. still, I mean, at the end of the, what drives me absolutely crazy in today's day and day and age is the the gaslighting that goes on with people and the fact that they don't want to take accountability for their actions. At the end of the day, that at the minimum, that financial institution who in question uh, should be ponying up and and after they, I'm assuming they've had it in writing. In which case, if you're having these conversations to all of our listeners and to anyone that's uh, watching. Make sure when you ask these types of questions to get them to respond in writing or what I like to do if they're kind of a bit reluctant to do that, immediately after getting off the phone, I send that particular person an email saying, thanks for our conversation today on August 10th, 2022. It was my understanding this is the recap of the conversation that, I, that we just had. Could you please confirm an email? <clears throat> Bullet point is completely fine. Send it off print that email off and put it into your CYA file. And that way, at least if, if uh, this ever does come up, you have something in writing that, hey, you did have a conversation on August the 10th, 2022. You, you know, you, this was your understanding from that conversation. And that professional or that financial institution, if they don't respond, didn't even correct you or respond or acknowledge anything. So at least you'd have something, but it seems that that wasn't the case. Um, even though there wasn't an, uh, an admission that the, the professional got it wrong. Um, but I mean, $400 a month, that is significant considering in 2019, about 30 to 40% of Canadians were about $200 a month away from having to forego certain bill payments or declare bankruptcy. See, see that's um, what comes down to now though. There's like zero repercussions in lots of parts of these industries right now. Like, for yep. example, look at this. So I was talking about earlier, 2% increase in two months because the lawyer didn't want to get off his ass on the other side of the transaction for it. And then right. this is the same thing, especially in the build industry right now. We're going through red tape. And Doug Ford says we want to push this stuff through, push it through, push it through. Architects have no accountability right now because they're overwhelmed. So they delay, delay, delay. You're going to the city and you're trying to get stuff for development opportunities. We had one company who advising us to get ready for a development, to get a draft plan done. 
We've been delayed by five months. We're $12,000 a month in carrying costs. That's $60,000. Do we have anyone to talk to about it? No, we're busy. Sorry. Nothing. Nothing. Do you think we want to go back to them next time? No, but everyone's like that right now. It's horrible. I find it just such a bad time right now because it's been two years of people in this industries that are burnt out and, and, and they're overworked. There's not enough employees for it. And the cost is just carried on to the person who's uh, collecting at the end most of the time and their profits are just dwindled down. It's terrible. Yeah, no, and it's driving me absolutely crazy. So I, I definitely um, encourage people to really deal with a professional. Uh, no, so no, my brother's thing, house burned down. And that, Brandon, I mean, I know my file, right? If there's something that kind of different comes about. Um, but I mean, it, it becomes difficult because you'll be noting your file or CYA in your file on absolutely everything you tell the client. That's the purpose of signing the documents most of the time. And yep. I, I don't understand where that's gone by way of the Dilbert. Like uh, when I sign something, if I don't understand what I'm signing or if I'm not explained what I'm signing, I don't sign it. It's yes. very simple. Yep. And, so, see, yeah. and see, you and you and John are, are amazing at the communication and all that. And the amount of times we've done a deal on closing, and I phone you guys up on closing day, and the headaches from the other side of it from lack of communication just astounds me. It's, it makes me, I don't know why someone would try any other lawyer other than you guys because of how good you're at that. But Appreciate we, that. We, we, we talk about it all the time. Like, there's so many headaches on closing. And this is the funny part people are always bitching and whining about how much the lawyer fees cost on close. Like the real estate agents might broker the deal and get the deal together, but you guys are the ones that make it happen. It's the closing on on, on the end, right? And you're going through the headaches of the financing and 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 you know making sure you have the money coming in and making sure it closes and all that stuff. But it doesn't you, you don't find out till close. And oh my god, I can't believe the headaches you guys go through sometimes on close. And just a lack of communication on 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 one side typically. It's terrible. Yep, I know it, it, it's pretty bad. It's actually pretty bad. Uh, to Bondo's point, though, like if you go back to I, one of our first episodes when we came over uh, to the network here, where I, I shared a story that, you know, clients signed documents, I offered to discuss and to review everything because they claim after the fact that they thought they were getting a fixed rate mortgage product and not a variable rate like we had discussed. Uh, and, you know, he was trying to claim a foul to me, like saying that I did something wrong. And it's like, dude, why did you, if this was going to be a problem, why did you sign the paperwork? Like, why didn't you stop and talk to me about it? Like you signed here, 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 and here acknowledging you're getting a variable rate mortgage. Like what I beyond confused, right? But everybody, so, when, when we're in that downward trend, everybody, nobody cares. But when we're going up, it's like, who can I blame? Yeah. Right. Listen, so we've got some, yeah, I know you've got a couple, we definitely have a couple questions. I just want to finish this one off. Yeah. I'll ask every one of you how many times you've completed a meeting and taking your time and being very diligent and you leaving that meeting, believing that once you leave that meeting, the client's going to remember 100% of what you said. No, oh, never, see, this is where someone C. Wish said you have to read the papers. I agree somewhat, but you have to understand the papers you're reading. That's the most important part. Understand. Because a lot of times you, you look at 
commitments or even mortgages or for a real estate deal or closing or even financing papers. And nobody's got an attention span past 140 words these days. It's a tweet or that's it, you know? So when it's a full page of wording, it's boom. You could read it all and say, I don't remember the thing I just, I just read. So it's actually, you know, how do you communicate with them and, and get them to read back what you said and all that, especially certain key points, like in a real estate deal, there's ones that we always have to go through. And that's why they have initials. But if you're initialing something on any paperwork, it's because there's a defined point right there that could bite you in the ass if you don't understand what it is. So the second you put an initial down, you know, it, it, it's it's way more emphasized that you should understand it, you know? You should understand all the paperwork and you should read it, but ultimately you have to understand what you're signing and the implications of what happens when you do sign it. Yep. Um, so Stone Seawitch says, uh, my brother's house burned down and he can't, I'm assuming she means she, he, he can't get a new house for over a year. Uh, not surprised about that. Uh, yeah, I, Melissa actually, sorry had, to cut you off there, Curry. Yeah. I had a client where, uh, it's tenanted. The tenants, uh, had a kitchen fire and it was 17 months before the tenants could get back in. It took that long like it, for the restoration company to get materials and trades professionals to come in and rectify the situation on behalf of the insurance company. It was it was a legitimate insurance claim, but 17 months. Well, and it's, that's wrapped up well, in red tape a lot too, right? Like well, not only that, sure. I mean, they're turning, they're, these guys are turning to professionals and going like who already have their fill in their private practices Monday to Friday, you know, like seven to seven kind of a deal. And they're going to these trade professionals and going, hey, you want to work a Saturday? We'll give you a 10% premium. And they're just like, no, I'm not working a Saturday or a Sunday to do a 10% premium. Now, 50% premium, I might be considered, but why am I going to work a Saturday for an extra 10%? It's crazy right now. Like I had guys at my house this Sunday at 7 a.m. grading and all that. And I got home at 3.30 that night, Saturday. And I was like, oh, they were still- what is that? They were there at 7 a.m. Until there's a noise bylaw that I know that I never had in my other house that we've had the noise bylaw officer in house four times in two weeks already. Four times um, so <laughs> we've got Melissa saying that she's had a surveyor not come back for over two months. Her architect has to wait until the survey comes in. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, for the garage, right? Oh, that's right. Remember that? We, Melissa, we remember that from the couple episodes ago. You were talking about that, adding on a garage. Uh, sweet about MI. I think it's Michael or, sorry, we, that's it just got cut off. If there's more than that, we apologize. Uh, and, you, and, and they hit the nail right on the head here. Someone <laughs> once reminded me that you are buying a house and also buying money. You're 100% correct. That is the going to be, statistically, the largest amount you'll ever borrow in your entire bloody life. You they the bank and lender needs you too that's correct but you have to learn you have to read you have to ask questions and don't think you can do it and then of course that's when see which came in and said you have to read the papers totally agree that's completely uh well, thank you very much you should my quote you have to understand the papers jc yeah so yeah this reminds me of the office episode if you take 100 percent of the shots you don't miss dash wayne gretzky put in parentheses steve perrell Right or no, it was a yes. Yeah, Steve that did that. That's hilarious. Um, okay, next one. This is going to evolve nicely. Uh, okay, you have to understand the papers, JC. Um, <laughs> I like there JC. you go, bud. 
As Jesus um, to us. Thanks, rookie. You're making him feel good. Um, all right. So this is going to get a little bit complicated for anyone that's uh, listening, but we're going to try to really gear it down because you need to understand this. this uh, Bondo and... Bondo and oh god, no, nothing to do with the G spot there, Collins. Um, Bondo and I came across this. Trevor, you come across this from with approving of um financials. We will not be getting into any specific details of the client. I'm stressing that. Um, so bear Trevor, Trevror looked confused when I said the G spot, he didn't know what it was. Oh god. Uh so <laughs> bear let's look yeah. Uh, so basically, what do we what we have here is uh, Bondo and I were chatting. Trevor, you actually did this mortgage. You'll okay. know what we're talking about. Okay. Um, and we have Get a client a who needed. Uh, yeah, we have a client who uh, needed to purchase a home on their own and needed their. Uh, parents as co-signers and through that trevor and whoever closed the mortgage um it was advised on a bear trust agreement so the skinny version or the cole's note version uh yeah more yeah dean blendell uh, podcast groupies we love it we love it because we're groupies ourselves um a bear trust agreement is essentially uh bondo cole's notes go I was still paying. What is a bear trust? A bear trust is essentially uh, creating a trust arrangement, right? So you'll you'll have a beneficial owner in the property. They actually own the property, and then you'll have a trustee in the property, and that trustee is um, on title for a particular purpose. Uh, a lot of times, especially in today's climate, what we see is what we call an accommodation endorser, what was traditionally referred to as a guarantor, right? Banks don't like the whole guarantor, you're not on title anymore. Um, so what they want to see is they want to see that guarantor on title. When, when you're dealing with that situation, though, the guarantor doesn't want that to be recognized as a residence that they genuinely own. I mean, there's all kinds of tax implications behind that. Uh, and there's also liabilities that attach to the property itself over and above the mortgage. Um, they're always bound by the mortgage commitment because they've signed that agreement. Um, but essentially what it is, is somebody in the place as a trustee for the beneficial owner, as an accommodation uh, endorser, that's to help them qualify for the mortgage. So they're unable to do it on their own. And sometimes we also do it uh, for estate planning purposes. We'll, we'll put a, um, a child on with uh, aging parents um, traditionally, people would put it on 99% the parent and 1% uh, the child, but then that required probate uh, for the property. So what's come about now is a bear trust arrangement for estate planning purposes as well, where that person uh, goes on titles, say, for instance, with a, uh, an aging parent. So then the property rolls over to the surviving uh, joint tenant, being the child, as a trustee, and they're able to sell that property without the requirement uh, for probate on that house. So, to everyone I mean, that basically... apply for an application, right? Yes, a, a right. So, right. So, so basically, the... that was not Cole's notes. 
So basically the, the reason for a bear trust, <laughs> the reason for a bear trust is basically it only gets enacted. Um, it, it's there to, uh, put them on title, but not allow that in this particular case, that parent to be penalized. If that principal property of the child gets sold as a principal residence and doesn't get dinged as a, uh, secondary property, which would be exposing, capital gains right. or taxable capital gains. So right. it still allows them to guarantee the mortgage. It still gives the bank something to kind of go after, yep. but the they're, still on the hook the mortgage. they're on the, they're still on the hook for the mortgage and they're also on title. So that's what the bank likes, Correct. but there's no impact because you're using a bear trust in order to, um, uh, in order to get this mortgage approved. So the child still, gets the principal residence exemption, yep. can do whatever they want, and yep. that keeps everyone happy. Now, in this particular case. Before you uh, go on, Brand, if I if I will, just because that's the good part of it. The ugly um, parts of a bearer trust um, could come up as well, because what happens if you're you're an accommodation endorser and and the, the actual owner, the beneficial owner, uh, you're the trustee, you've, you've essentially guaranteed this mortgage, they default on the payment. You're still right. obliged under that mortgage document. And then technically speaking, you would have to sue the individual under the bear trust. Correct. Right. Correct. So, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't mean automatically that they're not responsible for the obligations of the mortgage, but at the end of the day, they shouldn't be. What happens is what happens if that child becomes judgment proof, you know, then the parent is left holding the, holding yeah. the bag. but they do right. have installed. That's right. Insolvency, when you say judgment proof, right? right? Go yep. declare bankruptcy. Yeah. Then right. the property becomes seized, right? And uh, yeah. Yep. So we had a question uh, from Michelle Deckerby, uh, who just joined us on, I think that's YouTube there. Is yep. that similar to a joint survivorship on mutuals or investments? The answer is no. Uh, a bear trust is not, is not the same thing as a joint first right of survivorship or when you purchase a property, because in that case, um, you are, you are 25, 25, 25, if it's joint or if it's joint right of survivorship with like, let's say your spouse, um, you're 50, 50, um, you actually have ownership. You're actually on title, both, um, in, in, in some cases we learned yeah. that the hard way. In Let me address together. this one here, Brent, because yeah, technically, technically speaking, you are joint tenants. We do register right. you as joint tenants on title. And that, that by virtue of having joint tenancy, gives you that right of survivorship, right? So it allows the property to transfer over to the trustee as a joint survivor, but only in the capacity as a trustee, not as a beneficial owner. It doesn't, change, it doesn't change that person's title as it relates to the transaction. They'll only ever always be a trustee. So thank you, Bono. That's exactly what, so I, I always get really scared when people are like, is this similar to this? No, no, it's, there's different idiosyncrasies to both. So uh, like, for example, Bondo, you own your principal residence with your wife, 50, 50, you're both joint for, uh, tenants, right? Of, first right of survival. Uh, oh, okay. Let's just say you are okay. okay. In this particular sure. case, <laughs> most people are, uh, joint no, right of survivorship. <laughs> 
Um, but in that particular case, right? Most people are, you pass away. It's an automatic rollover to your spouse, spousal rollover. That's fine. But in the bear trust agreement, to your point, if that ever happens, they're only in the capacity of a trustee of a trust. Correct. The trust actually owns. They don't own that the, property and they don't you own, do not own that property. The trust owns the property. And that's also for, uh, what we said before, if that child becomes insolvent or declares bankruptcy, um, yes, there's a place for that, uh, bank financial institution to go, but they can't go after the trustee. They go after the trust to seize the property, like, um, or, or the parent will pay the mortgage payment or whatever the arrangement is. Now, in this particular case, they can go after the trustee though, right? The yes. bank, the bank can go after the trustee. Um, and then that's where the trustee would then have to go over the, you know, and sue the beneficial owner because they made that commitment to the bank. So regardless Correct. of the better trust, the commitment to the bank still stands supreme. Or, or they're going to, they're going to take away the property. They can, 100%. right? Yeah. Normally a bearer trust speaks to the trustee not having any obligations, but being able to start invoking things should the other default. Now, in this particular situation, um, Josh and I had to do some research and it is what happens if the child dies. And the reason why is this, this particular, uh, client, um, <laughs> Jesus, um, this particular client is doing their will and POA and which is amazing because 25% of Canadians do not have a will and 50% of Canadians do not have a power of attorney of property or in health. Um, so what happens? So Bondo, what did we find out? What happens if the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the print, the, the, the child in this particular case, uh, dies and the, what happens in the trust case, uh, can, can this particular person with an, an ex-spouse, can that ex-spouse uh, then uh, claim the property? Um, you know, like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, no, I wanna... it would depend, obviously, on, on a case-by-case uh, case basis. But um, generally speaking, the, the intention is, is that that individual, that, that property is being held in trust for that deceased individual's estate, right? That's the whole crux of it. Right. Right. So, so there is nobody else has ownership other than whoever is beneficially entitled to a piece of that individual's estate. So if I'm, let's just use me as an example. Uh, if I use, if I use basically my parents and in this, this isn't the case, but I'm going to use it as an example. Uh, and they're the bear trustee. I pass away. Um, what uh what what's the process it rolls into the trust and then and then what happens well what happens is we roll it you pass away we roll it from you to your parents the surviving joint tenants right in their capacity as trustees right so right. then the understanding is i'd have to double check in terms of uh the ramifications for if they hold on to the property or if they're able to hold on to the property and could get complicated if there's minor children. Uh, but generally speaking, then they're able to sell that property off 
under the trust, um, recognizing that there's no capital gains because it's the deceased's primary residence. And right. then that, that money goes into the estate. Okay. So then it would flow through because the trust would ask act as another, um, like essentially a state and the beneficiary would be the estate of the deceased persons and it would flow through. 100%. Because it is the deceased. The they, they're, they're always the beneficial owner. Right. They're, they're always the beneficial owner. That doesn't change. The What you got to watch for though is who has knowledge of the Baird Trust. Right. Why is that? You mentioned that when we were talking. Why? Well, just because sometimes the Bear Trust uh, is an agreement that operates and may not be mentioned necessarily on title until you're affecting a transfer from the trustee to the beneficial owner. Okay, but why would I? What? Why would it matter if somebody were to ask or, or to tell someone if I if well, I had that arrangement in place and yeah, I told well, Trevor what they do? An example: You and I own a property. Okay. Yep. There's a bear. We, we own the property as joint tenants and there's a bear trust agreement, which says you own the property and I'm only really the trustee. Yep. You, nobody else knows about that agreement, but you and I, yep. You pass away. Yep. I throw away the trust agreement because I'm a dishonest son of a bitch. Yeah. You're a lawyer. <laughs> Right? Go ahead. Then what then what happens to the interest if I want to say, well, no, I'm the surviving joint tenant. Prove that there's a trust arrangement. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's your advice? Should you tell people that it exists? Like what should there be I, a copy? I, my like, opinion is that you should at least notify one other individual. At least. Out of curiosity, can can you register a bear trust on title? It's a good question, Trev, and I have to take a look at the uh, the uh, conveyancing, uh, okay. the, the transfer uh, to see if I, I think for sure you can register anything on title. I I, I don't think that as long as you've got uh, an agreeing party, yeah, you can register it through an application general, right? So well, the, the, the only yeah, short answer being most likely yes. Uh, yeah. Long answer probably being the financial institution that the person is getting the mortgage through probably wouldn't appreciate and, and wouldn't uh, feel title was clean, right? Correct. Making an assumption there. Yep. I mean, they, 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 they definitely might uh, take issue with that, right? So, I mean, it's, a, it's an operation um, by agreement between the parties, right? Which doesn't necessarily involve the bank. Right. Okay. Um, so Does that makes sense. So at the end of the day, if nobody knows about the the trust agreement, there is the potential that um, you know there could be something on toward. Uh, but obviously, if you're entering into that type of arrangement, you know there's a strong belief that uh, that's not the case because there's a yeah ultimate level of trust and if it's ever proven you're a i think you're tantamount to a fiduciary right uh, huge ramifications okay so um when dealing with a bear trust just to um get everyone up to speed definitely let at least one other party know um would you advise someone to make reference of that in their will of and in, in their will um, um that there's a bear I, trust I in place in terms of their comfort level i think there's 
I, I don't I don't practice in wills and estates, so I'm just going to maybe steer away from that skid, Bren. Just not to yep. give uh, give poor advice. Uh, we could have my uh, colleague on here at some point in time, which wouldn't be a bad idea. And speak to uh, to estates and in uh, some uh, particularly pointed questions like that one. Okay. Bren. All right. Perfect. So. Um... Just I wanted everyone to, we came across this uh, about a week and a bit ago, and I found it pretty fascinating to kind of start reading up more, uh, more about it. And like, I mean, you, you, you touch on it. I've never needed one. So it was kind of interesting when we were going down the rabbit hole on all the different uh, situations with the client. Obviously, I knew what the outcome was if this particular client defaulted. That was pretty straightforward. I knew that. But what would happen if, this person passed away and I didn't actually have the actual answer for that. So it was pretty interesting to, to kind of go down this rabbit hole. Um, if there's any questions out there, people that are watching or listening, please feel free to go into the comments and, and ask. Yeah. Um, we're coming almost to the end of uh, this episode for another, we got another 20 some odd minutes because we do have all meetings this afternoon uh, for, for going live. Um, the, uh, so I guess what we'll go to now is Collins, just so we can keep you awake. Because <laughs> somebody was at, oh, I'm on. Yeah, that all came in. Don't know. That's clear to you, uh, Curry. That's for you. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, so Collins, mm -hmm. your little tip, tip of a tip of the month. Oh, that's a bot. Okay, thanks, rookie. Figured that much. Hi, bot. Hire, Hi, a bot. hire a professional mover if you're moving. That's my tip of the month. Absolutely. Why would you move? Yeah, why didn't you do that? Mover? Good Gee. luck. Find your one on short notice, buddy. Very hard. Um, if you go back to previous podcasts, you've been building this house for about 19 years. Oh, yeah, years. yeah. I We've mean, got stuff it's, going. Uh, it's five years now going on. Would we say 19 years that he's been building us? Uh, it, it's yeah. now, it feels like it. 19 yeah, years I think he's been so building too. this house. So yeah. short notice. And make sure make sure you understand the bylaws in your new uh, area. Okay. Sound bylaws I've never never come across before, and now it's a, a nightly thing here. It's awesome. Somebody somebody's got to be a dick in your neighborhood. We we had literally on the the Friday night of the long weekend. It was like last weekend. I was sitting in my hot tub, listening to music on a moderate amount. At eleven ten, the bylaw officer was at our front door. You got a dick in your neighborhood. Oh, we know who it is now. I got the address and everything because the grader got called on it yesterday and he drives right over to see where the bylaw officer car is and who she's talking to. <laughs> so we got the address. And I know everything now. Unreal. I'm sure you had neighbors in the old neighborhood that, you know, they were, but they were just, they were, they were just level, <laughs> they couldn't, right? They level couldn't hear anything. So yeah, I don't understand neighbors. Listen, I try to be, I love Metallica. Um, I, I try to be the best neighbor I can, man. I try to be yeah, friends same. with my neighbors, right? Hello, good morning. How you know what I do? Like I live in an area where there's lots of parties and stuff when it's a student area and I sleep with a fan on now just to block out any little noise in the background, right? And you don't hear nothing. But this is the problem. We got grading going on and heavy machinery, there's a bylaw, you can't operate it after six o'clock. So instead of having it done in three days where it's nice out and when the rain comes, you can't do anything. They'd rather delay it for two weeks every day rather than three days of, of good weather. Because six, heavens forbid, 6.30, you know, there's a little bit of noise, you know, 200 feet away, knocking trees down. 
It's terrible. Like, how, how am I going to listen to Wheel of Fortune? You know, it's ridiculous. No. Oh. Can oh, you I feel, I feel bad neighbor? for these guys because you've got grading guys who can't do anything in the winter most of the time, right? So they've got a minimum amount of time. And then if it's summer, you know, you've got longer extended hours, you know, like, come on. Yeah, we had a, a buddy of ours right across the street here was building a shed. All yeah. to suck and everything. Some jackass calls the city. For what? Yeah. Because one of your neighbors is building a shed in their backyard? Well, this, this is the problem on my house. My house has got 14 yards on the right side of the property. And when the engineer for grading designed it, on a new house, you're supposed to have a swale on your own property because it's got to be water management on your own land. Right? And we're dealing with this in Dane City. And this is the point where you and John might get involved or someone you recommend because it's getting ridiculous. But the engineer designed all 14 swales in the backyard on my yard. Okay, so there's no swale at the back of the yard. They unload their water onto my yard. My setback is 11 feet from their yard. So I've got four houses that directly unload their water when it rains or a sump pump onto the side of my property. So with no grading, you know, grading's everything on a house, right? So if there's no grading, the water comes in on there. So I cut a swale at my cost, 650 feet long down the side of my property. And so at the back of everyone's property, it slopes right away so that the water doesn't sit on my property or on their property and gets carried away. You got a catch and, basin there? Well, the catch basin's way at the back of the property, right? So like, like 700 feet away. But everybody's just up in arms because, and I'm like, it's none of your fucking business. It's on my property right there. And I'm doing it to protect your property because the grading is not done right on your property. But the engineer said, too bad. I didn't think there was going to be a house there when you built it. So for me, I think there's, there's, I could go after stuff. I don't want to. I just want to get it done, move in, go on with life and find out who I got to have fun and play the bylaw game with or whatever. It just, it's so petty. It's ridiculous. You know, Give somebody uh, purpose, though, right? <laughs> Give somebody purpose. They feel. So uh, we'll go with Trevor on his little tip. And uh, what do you, obviously besides the uh, dealing with a professional broker and, and holding people accountable, which we kind of pretty made pretty clear, but go ahead. Yeah. I biggest thing is if you're in a variable rate mortgage right now, ride it out. Um, you know, unless you're in that financial position, uh, it doesn't make sense where, where interest rates have climbed to it. Uh, you know, what do you think happens September 7th? I, I will give you a better predictor at the end of this month. So uh, just so basically for those September seventh, you'll tell us. <laughs> no, 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 no. When we go, so our next episode. So those listening, watching right now, we'll recap it again at the end. We're going live at eleven thirty. Our groupies, yeah. So the Trevor uh, Lindy prediction will be live next episode. I, uh, sub, excuse me, August thirtieth, eleven thirty a.m. Uh, or shortly thereafter, depending on some technical issues. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when, and the reason I say that is because at that point, we will know where the, the CPI comes in at for July, which will be a huge indicator. Like if it's up again, we were 7-7 seven, seven in May, which got reported in June. We were 8-1 in July uh, for, excuse me, got reported in June 7-7, seven, seven, which was May's numbers, 8-1, which got reported... Um, in July, uh, 
in July. Tell the, yeah. tell the audience what CPI means too. Uh, Canadian price index. It's inflation. Is it Canadian or consumer? So, but, consumer, uh, yeah. but here's some good news. Uh, yeah. Just came in this morning. Uh, CPI in the U.S. Inflation in the U.S. is lower than expected as of today's recording, or if you're watching us live as of today. So July came in lower than uh, economists' prediction. So there is a tightening that's happening uh, on the spending in the U.S., which is a good sign, uh, considering that would allow Jerome Powell, who's the the federal bank chair to maybe reconsider a 75 base point hike in September. Uh, but that's what you're referring to, Trev. Our CPI data comes yep. in towards the end of August as opposed to the beginning of August, correct? Yep, Yep. exactly. Yeah, so and that'll be an indicator. Yeah. The next meeting is September 7th. So only other, point, yeah. uh, only other point I will make is uh, over the last couple of weeks, because of... Uh, unknowing predictors of what's going on, obviously what's happening with the U S federal reserve uh, and kind of slowing down. Cause we're seeing numbers soften. We've seen the bond yields, which drives fixed rates come down. So in the last, I want to say two weeks, we have had rates go from as high as five, four, nine for a five year fixed um, less than 20% or 20, excuse me, 35% or more 25 year am uh, come in qualifying at seven, right? It was, yeah, qualifying at 2% over the contract rate, um, because it's it's in excess of the 525 benchmark. Um, but we're down now to lenders as low as 459 for that same less than 20% down. Um, so we're seeing a softening and if I could predict right now what's going on, I, I think that they're going to hold steady for the September 7th meeting. Um, but again, until we have July's numbers, I see, I see, I think we also have a summer of, of revenge right now where nobody's done anything for two years. Right. So that's going to also affect what sales are like. So it's not just the interest rates that went up. People are just out doing sports and camping and concerts and everything, everything we've talked about, we've all done right this summer yep. and everyone's right. Like that so right now, so what I'm, uh, I, we had a question come in from Stone Seawitch. Uh, okay, I bought a house at 2.79% in August of 2019 on a fixed rate. Uh, Seawitch, if you could let us know what was the term, uh, just so I can kind of gauge that uh, because the rest of the question is, is I'm wondering how the future interest rate uh, rates affect that or will there be enough time for things to drop a bit? But we just don't know the the term. I'm assuming it's a five year term. So that, that would means, be my assumption, just because yeah. statistically, so many people go well, that it's route. 2022 already, so it's got to be four or five. Years. So I'm to put this into perspective. I locked in in October of 2019 at 2.6% on a teaser rate for five years. Uh, I'll answer it based on what I think uh, and my constant conversation with with Trevor. Uh, which we, if we don't talk daily, we talk definitely every couple of days. Okay. Perfect. Five-year term, she confirmed. Um, so what that means is, um, I'm expecting 2023, uh, for rates to, to, to go down, uh, once they tame inflation, um, and it's, and it's, you know, on a, either on a steady decline or it's been capped and they're happy with, the, the nominal interest rate, you know, the uh, inflation rate being where it is, um, then I, I do expect a slow but surely uh, 
retreat in 2023. So you coming due August of 2024, my advice is six months out, right, Trevor? Uh, speak to a mortgage broker and start kicking tires on what the options are and what the rates are, unless you want to throw in anything else, Trev. Yeah. So, so the lock-in period is anywhere from three to four months ahead of time, uh, prior to maturity, the existing financial institution may be able to do an early renewal greater than that time period. But, um, to stone sea, which stoned sea, witch's comment question, it's, a lot of people don't realize this, how cyclical we as Canadians, like our financial institutions, to U.S. federal elections. I've been doing this since January 2008. And if you go back and you look at 2008, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, and what has happened to interest rates during all those time periods, we have had a softening. So my one, again, kind of the other prediction about December, I don't think we're going to see an increase. We're coming into U.S. Uh, Caller Sewitch for short. Call okay. Caller um, for short. So we're coming into a midterm election right now. So, so for House and Senate control of the U.S., uh, that's November. I think we're going to see a softening. So 2024, anybody that's in that threshold, uh my gut says you may be fortunate enough to be back at that level. Uh, I think the people that are going to be hurt most is those that got in, you know, 2020, 2021 at the beginning when we had like rates at one and a half percent. You know, when I, I tell you in 2016, I was saying to clients, like we had rates at 2.34%. I remember doing yeah. transactions, two, two, four, two, three, four, uh, two, three, four kind of being the median. And saying to clients, I don't think we're ever going to see rates this low again. And then 2020 happens and we have rates even softer than, than that previously. Um, so at a 279, I think you're probably going to be fortunate enough to be somewhere in that, you know, two and a quarter to probably three and a half, three, seven, nine. I'd love to see if I've got a crystal ball on this one, because if I do, I think I should uh, change my profession a little bit and work on retiring. <laughs> um, so another question. All right. Any basic thoughts on how investments will be impacted? I took a shit kicking recently on some of my pretty moderate risk stuff. Um, great question. Uh, so what, uh, sorry, that was the question. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, here's where we're at. Um, the moderate, so basically in moderate is typically balanced. That's the balanced typical portfolio, 60, 40, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. If you're moderate or if you're in a balanced situation, um, absolutely more than anybody, you took an absolute shit kicking. And the reason for that is because going back, God, for 20 to 30 years, the balanced portfolio uh, typically withstood these types of recessionary you know, um, or interest rate increases. The problem being is we're getting hit double whammy. So you're, you've got your, your stocks getting, you know, hammered. And then you also, because the, the drastic and quick interest rate, uh, increases, uh, your bonds, your bond yields are going absolutely nuts. So your bond prices are falling because as interest rates increase bond yields on the open market increase, which means your bond decreases in value because there's higher interest bonds out there. 
so they become less desirable. Um, now, with regards to um, what I'm seeing, good news. I do think we hit the bottom, notwithstanding anything, any other, uh, you know, unforeseen circumstances, i.e. potentially, you know, the tensions that are building between China and Taiwan right now. Um, I don't know what the heck's going on there. So based on current economic conditions, I do believe the stock market has hit its bottom. Um, and to that point, when we did our monthly mail out, um, to all of our clients, we found out that the S and P 500, as an example, between the middle of June of 2022 to the end of July of 2022 rose 12.8%. So that was an average. Everyone's going to be somewhere along that spectrum, depending on what you're invested in. Um, so that June, right, you said? middle of June to the that end of July, the S and P 500, uh, as an index went up 12.8%. Um, so depending on what you're invested in and whatever, you should be like looking to see that one month trend, you know, maybe you're like seven, 8%, maybe you're, if you're in higher risk stuff, you know, like nine, you know, maybe it could be 16, 17%. I, it, it all depends. Yeah, um, I'm high risk but, and I think I'm down probably 15, 16% of my portfolio. Right. So, um, I would then the, the, the classic here, I guess I'll do my little tip and then I'll go on to Bondo just because this will all roll into one stay invested. Uh, if you don't need the money anytime soon, uh, you, you're you're investing in your future, either through a tax-free savings account, an RRSP, or even just a general checking account. Maybe you're saving for, I don't know, a trip or purchase, whatever. If it's more than three years away, just stay invested. Um, this, is where, this is where you actually make the most amount of money, is buying the dips, buying the lows. It's the only industry where people sell when prices go down and they don't buy it's absolutely crazy uh she's not moving this is this is retirement funding i'm not in need of it perfect stay invested michelle stick to the strategy if that's your risk tolerance being a uh, uh, monitor balanced stick with it and that strategy depending on who you're with with your the professional that you're dealing with just um just do it you've just oh she just retired okay but you're not in need of it. Perfect. Um, okay. See which, whoa, I didn't know the rates got that low. We live in NS where housing went insane. Same here in Niagara. Thanks for the info. Helped the anxiety and we'll make sure to call the broker, call a broker, speak to a broker. Um, and that's, you know, because we are under different, um, like Trevor hinted at we're, we're under different, um, legislation. And uh, typically provincially legislated as opposed to federally regulated like the big banks. And so a lot of their employees are protected underneath their big, massive institution. They don't have the same requirements that, for example, Trevor does or when it comes on the investment side, I do. And the disclosures that we have to make. Bondo, um, your little piece of advice. Uh, instead of a piece of advice, I got a little bit of a rant. Um, oh, boy. Keep Bondo rant. I love it. Some water. 
Is this about technology and podcasts? <laughs> this is about Capital One. And I'm going to chastise Capital One for the time being. Uh, yes, we want some rant background music, Rookie, please. <laughs> Hold and on. I, let, let Rookie work his magic. Yeah, for sure. I almost uh, feel like it's going to be Rocky music. <laughs> Didn't it? I don't know. Let's see. We haven't had this before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Seductive <laughs> rant music. This is yeah. seductive rant music. He's... Hello, late. You got to do it in your do it in your deep voice, there, bud. Do it in your Carlo like, voice. Like just like do it. Yeah, do it in the Carlo. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel Niagara. Oh, where's Vin Diesel when you need him? Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, no. So I mean, Capital, Capital One. Realistically, um, <laughs> I'm having an issue with them right now on behalf of a client, and I'm actually embarrassed about it. Right. Um, I've got a conference call today at one o'clock with the client and with Capital One. We paid off as part of a, a refinance uh, a Capital One credit card over two months ago. They still haven't cleared it from his account. So Capital One, months. step up. Step up your shit. Two months. Now this guy's got automatic payments coming out and everything, and it's still showing a full balance. The check was negotiated three days after we mailed. What are they telling you? All the ombuds. <laughs> you don't care. It's not our problem. You. Just to your point about some institutions, right? And I'm not fully chastising Capital One right yet because I've got a conference call uh, with them today at once. So, uh, yeah. Everybody okay, well, passes well, the buck, right? That's what it comes I down to in those it. situations. Passes the buck. It's, it's not my problem, it's yours, right? And Not everyone does that, but the ones that do it, they stand out pretty bad. We well, feel no, like assholes, all right? Because it's our good client. It's yeah. our good, good client, right? That we've got a they, good rapport and he's looking at us or they're looking at us saying, uh, what the hell is going on? And we're going like, oh, I've been practicing for almost 20 years. I haven't seen this. Yeah. Oh, this is more and more recent now, right? This is common, commonplace. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean... Um, Things happen, and let's just hope that you know my update to you is that uh, things went over smoothly. And uh... well, you're gonna update us on Tuesday, August the 30th, when we record, and um, <laughs> we're gonna record. I think when is we got it again? scheduled for 11:30, 11:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Not you know, um, Sea Witch. That's uh, Nova Scotia. Do we have to add an hour to Nova Scotia so. time? So that's gonna be like 12:30 p.m. Nova Scotia time. So there you are go. We gonna, are we going to do the podcast after dark with a bunch of booze in us at my house or what? Get some real. We might all lose our careers if that's the case. Or we could that's just go through true. the roof with ratings. It might do, actually. Yeah, podcast after dark. Tre Trevor drives his RV over. All right. So in Michelle's in uh, Central Standard Time. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one hour back, I think. So that'd be like 10.30 a.m. your time on Tuesday, August the 30th. Regardless, we got a really good one. So if we're going to do one after dark, we got to like loop in Dean and the crew because that would be hilarious because that would be really funny. And I, I do. Say, yes, Michelle, I I've got the bar. Collins does not have the bar. Yeah, Collins does not have the bar, but I yeah. do definitely have the bar. And so I've got that much booze. I don't know. Bar. I've got, I've got, I've got uh, pretty close to that, I'd say. So... On the Tuesday, August the 30th, we're trying to nail down Alenka Lyle. 
from Clara Derma, uh, principal, uh, co-founder um, of this uh, skin, a great skincare company. Um, we're huge hey. proponents. They're also great lady. Um, I like that. And uh, her business partner Alicia Yap as well. And they're going to talk about. Wait for it. Botox. That's right. Scrotox. Botox <laughs> for your for your scrotum. Why I don't know. So if there's any men listening, well, maybe tune in, maybe we not. Should, we let's should, see definitely. Let's all do it. Let's guys. do it to support them. Let's do it to support them. Yeah, you well, give me a break. Collins, give me a freaking break. You're going to get a needle in your nuts, yet you won't get a vasectomy. That's right. Yeah. But it'll improve the look of my nuts, apparently. <laughs> Dear mother so, God. Let's just be clear, Dear though, God. You're telling me, Michelle, try having that conversation over a dinner at a business meeting. Uh-huh. I'm asking. She's in our business group. She, yeah, right. Someone call Locke. Like, literally, like this is going to be really interesting. So any, any of any of Dean's crew that wants to like log in and just answer, ask a ton of these questions, this is going to be a funny episode. I think we're going to like, we're going to have like the entire hour and a half. Well, what is that? What, about, what would she tell you the purpose of it is? Is it to make your balls not? Hang well, why don't we all tune in? Why don't we all tune in on August well, the third? My assumption would be to take the wrinkles out of those suckers, Jeff. Right? But, so does it hang down to the knees anymore? Because I know when it hits uh, the does 40s, it hang low, does it dangle to and fro? I don't know. Do they cut the extra skin off and just tighten it up? And then it's I'm like, yeah, it's, like Botox. it's Botox for your scrotum. I don't know. See the funny That's part, though, so that anybody listening or watching, Curry I'm looking this up right after the this. guests coming on. Yeah. So uh-huh. I really think that this is probably something he has interest in, and he's just used oh. his platform. He, he googled I, it on his phone, and it's been yeah, on his right. phone for three months, and now he's brainwashed on it. Right? How do Not I even improve a... my scrotum look? No, you no, saw no, the scene no. when she brought it up. He was so excited. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm I'm with Collins. I don't know why anyone would want to do this, but I said, you know what, you guys, you two ladies should come on. It's great because we're huge. They're we're huge supporters of their business. Like we think they're oh you know, my god, they're amazing to do great things for this one. But it's yeah, so this is going to be um, yeah. Can you time in a bow? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, do they dangle to and fro there, Michelle and Melissa? I don't know. Um, can you throw? No, wait, wait. Lachlan needs more of a ball tightening and smoothing of the wrinkles. That's freaking hilarious. They, they had this for the JJ's. Yeah, so she's going to touch on all of that and even the stuff that you can do Vag elsewhere. Vag talks. But you can also do, like, I guess you could, she was saying, I, I won't ruin it, but you can, like, take some of your plasma and then inject it in, into Big Jim to make Big Jim bigger. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Looked into all this. Look at it. This is the stuff that we're like. You want to talk about first world problems? This is one hundred percent. It's not going to be like problems. I don't think, but I think it'll hey, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is got to have a coming soon. Scrotox talk this August. Oh 30th. no, rookies all over that. Like one hundred percent. Like I think this should be like a. I don't know. How this this has got to be the second. Do his the second phase of our podcast because if we lead off with that, no one's going to even care about anything. <laughs> we should just dedicate the whole to that. And just the scrotox so talk. Know, we do actually have a guy named Rookie in the background. He's like our producer, Tim, from TSN, just so you know. Works his magic. Hey, Rook. Give you a shout Rookie, out. thank you. Uh, so, but Absolutely. we're going to we're gonna wrap it up. We're at our, we're at our time. Oh, uh, everyone that's watching and commenting, 
Sorry, uh, we got to get rookie to oh. put up that the comment from uh, Sea Witch there. You lure me in with money and mortgage help, <laughs> and then hook us with calls. Uh, Nicely done. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Bait and switch. At least um, we're trying to help you take care of your balls. <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 I'm, I'm my whole rest of the day is done. I'm gonna be researching this. I want to know what the you, hell this is. This I'm is gonna. Tell, be I just told my kid I can't go to his party anymore. I got to research scrotox. I bet you did. You did you? Uh, did you tweet him? Him and his 136,000 followers. No, I don't want to double him. He's already got a swelled head. Okay. Can you? Can you? Can he retweet our one of our things to to, to promote the scrotox <laughs> episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know that I think he's, he's 13. There could be like I think every be, guy should tune in and just kind of squirm, and every female should tune in and just laugh your asses off on watching all four of us and any other guest that wants to come on just die like a slow death. Yeah, Scrotox. Yeah, Scrotox. I'm not even joking. It, I what asked happens the ladies now if our, our ladies are demanding this from us because you brought this up. I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're we're he helping won't out let here. a needle near him to get fixed. He no, ain't let well, he the won't. needle near him to get rid of his wrinkles and sag. I date like my again. I like my oh, wrinkles and again. sag. August Tuesday, 30th, August 11th, the thirtieth, eleven thirty a.m. Tuesday, August the thirtieth, eleven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Scrotox episode. Scrotox, the Scrotox episode. Be there. Um, Give some love to your balls. <laughs> that could be the whole tagline. I don't know. Self care. Improve self care. Manscape. Uh, it's all about the manscape. Reverse time. We can. We yeah. Can okay, I think go. so. All right. Okay. Don't neglect the balls. That's right, rookie. Thanks. Thank you to rookie for producing the show. Thank you to the Dean Blendell Network again uh, for having us on. Bondo, take us out. Help us. Help you. Fix your balls. Shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hey, 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 hey. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. 